and welcome back to Richmond Tiger Talk. My name's Nick. And I'm Andy. And in a club with such a rich history as, as Richmond and a club that, you know, celebrates its history, lives its history, it is incredible that, you know, this, this week should all be about Shane Edwards uh, playing 300 games. Like, it is such an incredible uh, milestone for... You know, somebody who's in his seventeenth season of of AFL football, of of what an incredible journey he's been on in that story. And yet I think we're gonna spend the next ten minutes talking about Kane Miranda. Indeed. And now you've you've thrown me through a loop because I've I'd obviously researched to talk about Shedder and um what what an amazing and impactful career and now instead we're going to talk about someone else um, who had an amazing and in- impactful career, um, even shorter, but just managed to arrive and have an impact over one of the most incredible eras of any team in the AFL ever. And and I know you've just seen his farewell video, which is just fascinating. And it's 20 minutes and he says nothing other than when he talks about what it how much pain he's been in because of his injury. There's nothing that's amazingly revelatory, but as Dimmer says at the end, he just holds the room and he holds your intention, uh, attention. And I think we would be in the, uh, with the other 98% of people that after they watch it comment, gee, he'd make a good coach. Um, and that's, <laughs> that's good. Yeah. That, that seems to be in his future. Um, it sort of has been hinted, was hinted by Dimmer at the end, but yeah. Yeah. Was, that- that they're certainly interested in keeping him around in in some sort of role, which you know completely agree yeah. with. Well, but but which, which frankly, I, my thought was probably good luck because uh, there'll be people after him. But yeah, what a what a what a player, what a con- contribution, mm. what a career. I know, and look, that it, it is for for players. You know, it is a cliche, but it's one that. Uh, it exists for a reason that the the player who does absolutely everything he can uh, to get the most out of his ability, like you can, there's no way that you can question that uh, Kane Lambert gave absolutely everything he could um, to get the most out of his AFL career, and it's an AFL career that that hung by uh, a thread. No, he didn't. Uh, he was best and fairest winner at Northern Knights as a, a undersized, um, uh, slow midfielder. He doesn't get drafted. He, you know, as a, I think as a nineteen-year-old, he stepped away from football altogether. You know, the, it's a million miles away from uh, the typical career that he plays uh, years uh, for Preston uh, slash. Northern Knights, um, uh, Carlton, Carlton doesn't see anything in him, um, he, uh, he goes to Williamstown and he has, he has a hip injury there, like the same, uh, you know, the start of the hip injuries that, you know, um, eventually get him, eventually get him, yeah, he had them even before he started, um, so, you know, to, to do, to do what he's, what he what he can and you know he said in the speech about uh, 2016 he wasn't sure um 
if if he was going to stay on the list. Um, round one, 2017, uh, he's an emergency behind Taylor Hunt. I, um, I, I love that when you, you told me that offline before the show, and I, I, I actually had to re-Google Taylor Hunt to remind me who, who he was. That, and, that he was on the 2017 Richmond team, yeah. <laughs> I, I know, and, and that he got a game ahead of... Uh, of shit of um, Lambert, just it, it's incredible. Well, it's it's always a remember of how how much football changes over over the course yeah. of a year. Well, and then so he get, he gets into the team round two, and even then it's a slow burn. His his first three games, he's averaging uh, thirteen disposals, and you sort of think, oh, in, you know, you assume he'd be thinking, oh, you know, what what can I do? Um. We know how that story <laughs> story ends. <laughs> the uh, fantastic uh, finals final series averaged twenty three disposals and a goal um, in that 27, 2017 final series. Third in the best and fairest. Like I remember, I remember even being a bit sceptical ahead of that best and fairest. And yeah, the coach the coaches knew, and and we knew. And that Kane Lambert coming into the team led to unlocking uh, Dustin Martin as the the full fledged super weapon that we we knew he could be. That um, you know the twenty sixteen uh, Dustin Martin won a lot of ball on a halfback flank um, that that honestly didn't do much to help the the team win. But this version of Dustin Martin. Um, Working, working, swapping with Kane Lambert, that that was a weapon. Yeah, incredibly structurally important, which also, he's, he's going, once that I love from the internet, uh, he finishes 15-0 and zero against Carlton and Essendon, but oh. he's 7-0 this year. It, yeah, it, w- incredible. What, and that includes one or two games where he was clearly, clearly a shadow of himself, which Okay, so he might not be the only factor, but just structurally, so incredibly important. Mm. I do, I do remember his first practice game against. Uh, it was against the Western Bulldogs at Western oh, Oval, yeah. and he he did look. There was a little bit of flash of special. I don't, I don't know if you remember. There was also the first time Steve Morris played forward in a in a in a game that we saw and uh, <laughs> we actually did a podcast ever afterwards. And I remember being the podcast was, uh, I don't think Dimmer will keep with that experiment. And that, Ooh, Lambert looks quite good. Cause he, he, hmm. he was, he was, he knew how to get the footy and not surprising, right? Cause he's one best and first at the lower level, but he came into, he came into a draft with <laughs> again, like it's not as good as the Taylor Hunt stunt standing, but you sort of think about in the national draft, when you know the picks are highest, you've done the most research. We pick Corey Ellis and Connor Menidu in, in the national, and then a couple of other kids, which we don't need to dunk on. But it, 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 four kids, were, I think, yeah, was Dan, it? Ba- Dan Butler. Ugh. Oh, sorry, there was Dan Butler. No, that's all right. But there was another kid too, wasn't there? Um, yeah, uh, yeah. And then that was before we started our rookie draft, which, mm. which I believe was, was that a, that was on a different day in those days, right? It was, yeah. So that then, you know, all these kids go first, and then we go <laughs> go down the line. Jaden Short, George Castagna, Kane Lambert, who we left to last, which in fairness seemed. A bit, no, no, we there was still two two more. 
Uh, oh, it took a rookie draft now, though. Yeah, yeah. We had five picks. Yeah, Soldo, obviously. Um, yeah, and we and we read we redrafted Mediana. <laughs> oh yes, yeah, yeah. But but um, like we went bang bang bang, and like these were these were the last picks we had. Now with Lambert, we I think we just probably knew that no one else was after him. But mm. the, the, if you've the, waited to pick forty six in a rookie draft, you're you're pretty pretty <laughs> relaxed about the competition. But we didn't call him till the day the, the day of the draft, apparently. So you know, it's yeah. just the, the vagaries of, of of draft selections and everything else how you prioritise. And then we we sort of we almost well, you know, do we win three flags? We might win one flag without that rookie draft, but. We we, mm. we probably don't. It's probably there's probably at least one premiership is won through that rookie draft. It's just mm. just incredible. I know. Look, I'm I'm both impressed, um, but um, feel some form of copyright infringement the way that you're uh, talking up the um, our rookie draft. <laughs> I, did, I did. I got. I, I over researched it because a I remember that I remember it was a great rookie draft, and then I was I got really into whether or not Soldo was actually part of the rookie draft because the club says mm. he was drafted in 2015, which is not true, but he was technically part no, of that rookie draft. He was, he was technically part of that, the, that rookie draft. Um, it is, it is, uh, <laughs> the, the fascinating podcast. I know the, um, for something even more fascinating, I am tracking for when, when that group of rookie players, um, becomes the most successful group of rookies, uh, ever? Um, it's not already. No, no. The in 1996, uh, Melbourne drafted uh, Russell Robinson uh, and uh, James McDonald and uh, Daniel Ward for who played um, about 550 games between them. So yeah, got a bit to go. Interesting. <laughs> With Kane Lambert, when he talked in his speech, he bonded most with people who arrived with the club at roughly his time. Yeah, I, I was struck by that as well. And uh, Nathan Nathan Broad, who's who's a who's a year after he is. Yeah, yeah, but perhaps uh, quite a lot in common with him in some ways. Um, not as much, but you know, a little bit the the, the slightly unconventional profile. Mm. It's just yeah, the, the, yeah, the bit of the bit of the underdogs. Um, it, I, d- I did have a thought of what we've lost with the the reduction in list sizes and the reduction in sort of draft classes in in recent years. Yeah, you, you, that, that, that's what you lose uh, a bit with with that. Yeah, and it could affect us. But I, I must admit, Nick, I felt overall with Kane Lambert going, and it was so sudden that. I don't know. It almost it almost feels like the kids are moving out of home. You know, <laughs> um, yeah. like there's a real sense of loss about it. Is is we love them so much, and we knew it had to happen, but now it's happening. It was just, it was, yeah. Yeah, even though you knew intellectually it was going to happen, you weren't emotionally ready for it. Yeah, yeah. and I, I don't think I, I anyone who's been following and expect Kane Lambert to do anything more. Like if he'd played two more good games, we. We, you would have taken that on the over under um, if you'd asked us last week, um, and but yeah, once it happens and you see it and you realise you'll you'll never see him play football again, it's it's really sad. I know, I know. When you looked at his career highlights, it was remarkable how many of them um, 
was was him getting on the end of football through sheer hard work and thinking through the game to get to the right uh, position um, to make himself dangerous. Like him getting, rather than a sort of outrageous piece of skill, it was uh, you know, it was clearly a lot of skill, but that's a lot of hard work and thought. Him, him sprinting through... The pa- it's like the um, the legendary game at the start of the GW goal and start of the GW mm. final uh, prelim. Oh, we- earth, earth, earth shattering noise. <laughs> see, you just see him flash in the screen mm. when Dusty gets it, and before he actually gets the handball receive, and that kind of that kind of running, yeah, it it, it was just special his ability to run so hard and so intelligently to, to the right area. And and the advanced stats never loved him. I don't think he ever finished in the the top one hundred that I noticed. And correct me if I'm wrong, but certainly he was never a top fifty player. But he was always in the right spots or making. It was points. a uh, five time uh, top ten uh, best and fairest, uh, <laughs> which, which actually which matters far more, and you actually get paid for. So um, uh, so yeah, the, the, in no way is it that, that a criticism, but. Because Shane Edwards, who we'll talk about soon, is on the other end of the spectrum, was is an absolute darling of that that kind of measure. But you need both. You need all sorts of players, and yeah, it's just he, it was as you say. He just always had had the nous and the intelligence to be where you'd want him to be, and and playing exciting footy through the centre, he would find space in the centre of the ground and and help the transition and go to interesting places. Yeah, it's mm. it is. It's, we've been so lucky to have him for he, he, his 120 games, but... 135, yeah. 135, um, sorry. The, um, if there's a, an, an upside to it, honestly, I, while I was watching that video, I was like, oh my God, I'm, I'm glad he's gone a, a few weeks early before the end of the season so that I've got time to sort of pull myself together for potentially another one or two <laughs> at the end of the year. Like, oh, these, these Premiership Hero farewell videos. Oof, tough going. Yeah, I know. It's the, You think it's better to have one at a time? Or, because I was thinking about this, is, is it going to be more emotionally tough to see them, uh, to see them sequentially? Um, yeah, I, I, th- I think I think you can process it, process it better, and do justice uh, on its own. Well, shall shall we transition now to three hundred games from um, Richmond? Yep. one of Richmond's abs- uh, greatest ever players and um, longest serving yep. Indigenous player, legend of the game, three time Premiership player, one of the most exciting, creative. I think the best hand passer, obviously, I didn't see um, Morris, but Rioli, but um, mm. he's the most creative hand passer I've ever seen, um, especially through the centre of the ground. I understand Morris was, was brilliant at that as well. I He has been... He, he was a... Before this year, he was a Richmond Tiger Talk darling. Um, metronomically... Um, in, mm. uh, in his middle part of his career and in, in being able to ga- gather between 18 and 22 possessions <laughs> and 16 <laughs> yeah. and 22, sorry. Um, and then uh, has a, a, just a, a late a late career renaissance to, of, of big play and big games, which I'll get to in a second. But what an incredible player he's been. Yeah. So, the, yeah, the, the list of by games played 
uh, is, now goes Bartlett, Rewalt, Dyer, and Francis Burke and Shane Edwards on the same number of games. Like it's just, uh, it's a, it's an in, it's incredible company. It's company he he more than he more than deserves. Um, from uh, you know, I uh, as you do, I went back and uh, looked at when we drafted him. We dra- draft, uh, he weighed sixty eight kilos when we drafted him. He'd look like he'd, he'd blow over in a in a stiff breeze. Um, he was he was the son of a SNFL uh, goal kicking legend. Um, but you know he was he you know he was a bit of a. I think we were a little surprised because the the draft reports you know talked up um you know that he had really good endurance, which clearly he did. Um, I also talked about his. SNFL coach talked up his explosive pace, which I don't, I don't think he's ever had. Like I think he's always, um, he's not slow, but he's sort of quicker of mind than a, than a feet sometimes. Um, yeah, I think perhaps in the SNFL he would have had because he he does have he has okay burst for the AFL. I agree, he's not an elite, yeah. elite small forward, but probably in the SNFL you could say he had a leap burst. And and he was a reasonably explosive athlete. Um, like he had a good vertical jump, which is often a good proxy for athleticism. And you can sort of you can see that that athleticism in tight spaces as he contorts contorts these incredible handballs that you were saying. But it but it, it was a bit of a slow burn because I think we sort of we were almost expecting a more conventional small forward as as part of the seemingly eternal. Search for a small forward to play at Richo's feet, and and that's that's how long ago he got he got drafted that he started his career um, playing next to Richo. Um, but yeah, it's yeah, uh, it was a relatively slow burn, but a but a intensely satisfying one. And you know, he he had a career year um, in his thirteenth season in in. 2019, he was he was getting better at a at an age um, when uh, other other players were already well well in decline, which is sort of I think we've we've had trouble dealing with um, uh, this season because um, he you know he has he's clearly lost a lost a set unfortunately, but he's still you know you can still he still does these. Um, incredible uh, handballs, and you know, he's still top twenty in the AFL in in goal assists. Even even this reduced version of himself, and that you mentioned about the AFL player ratings, and the player ratings have always loved him because you know he he has loads of score involvements. He has goal assists, he kicks goals himself, like and and that doesn't even capture his knack seemingly uh, for the for the big. Big moment, like he—he he honestly, uh, he was on the list of. Um, we th- we thankfully forget because it doesn't matter. But he was on he was on the list of players who didn't play well um, in those three dreadful finals against Carlton, uh, Port, and, and yeah. North. He, did, it, he didn't. Do you do you remember I did a scapegoats podcast of people who's <laughs> after those three games of um, people who who in all three games had. Were consistent, were well below their average yeah, game. Well, up, below their average, yeah. Their and he was, 
Yeah. And we also said in 2017, uh, after, <laughs> once, amidst the debris of 2017, we mentioned about the players who'd, who'd redeemed themselves, and he was one of them. And so he finishes his, his career averaging more disposals in uh, finals than he does in, in regular season games. Like, he just he just stepped up for the for the big moments over over 2017 through through 2020. Yeah. Yep, well to that point Nick I just it took me a little it's it's surprisingly hard to do but I tried to go back and find his AFL ratings for the grand final because <laughs> uh, I knew he <laughs> was course. very good and um, in 20 he he was third on he was third on ground um uh, according to AFL ratings, and he had look, and you don't need to go to the ratings to see this. So this is 2020, not that long ago. He's in his 30s. He had nine clearances and 27 disposals. Um, and the, in the 2017 Grand Final, he was second best on ground. So by the way, so he was the best Richmond player other than Dusty and Bolton in in the in that Grand Final, that close, tense Grand Final where every kick mattered. And he was second best on ground, clearly behind Dusty in 2017. He was in front of um, Hooley, and he had 25 disposals and seven clearances in that game. So again, you don't need the advanced metrics. And so 2020, that's quite recently. And I did actually check, because there would have been some sort of narrative storytelling arc and completion if if that had been his his last great game. But he actually did play some um, uh, 20-possession uh, mid twenty possession, uh, multiple clearance games uh, last year as well, and to sort of go to the other end of the spectrum, we're talking about, and I hope this isn't too dull, but I've never seen a footy wire profile like him. About if you look at his career, so he had three early years where he was, let's be honest, he was getting he was getting gifted development games as between oh seven and two thousand ten, where he played about forty five games, uh, and he was averaging sort of eleven twelve possessions and then 2010 in his fourth season it just clicked and then mm. from then on in uh for 12 years in a row or 11 years in a row essentially till this year um he was almost always between uh he played he would play between 20 and 20 23 games or 24 games um but he was always in the high teens at the very worst so he's basically good for 20 games and roughly 18 disposals, metronomically. Yeah. Um, Dur- durability, consistency, productivity. Yeah. Like, um, Half-forward half flank, spot in the midfield, but then, as you say, in 19, he's peaked, and this year he's he's well off um, in any year he had except his development years. But, yeah, just incredible level of production over a long time. Mm. If, if, there's a con- if there was a concern that came up, in looking at up both Lambert and Edwards, it was how much both of them, um, I mean, both of them multiple times have been um, top 10 in the AFL in goal assists and just how much, you know, the honestly against, you know, finally talking about the Fremantle game, how much um, we struggled for creativity to create goals without, um, you know, without Dusty, um, without Lambert, with... Edward's not as good as he he has been like that. Yeah, it's a it's a real thing we need to address. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I mean, well, you say you need to address, but you, you know, of course, you draft another Shane Edwards if you could get, if you could get him. <laughs> okay. um, and, uh, but, a, th- a thousand times, yes. And yeah. and yeah, you you mentioned about and um, uh, among so many achievements that um, the way he's 
you know, grown into his role as, an, as a leader and an, and an Indigenous leader uh, at the club has, has been incredible and transformed the way the club sees itself. So, you know, the uh, uh, Red Western Bulldogs saying that, you know, they, they couldn't, they wouldn't take a chance on on Sydney Stack because they didn't they didn't have the indigenous leadership uh, at the club to be able to to be able to support him and you know we you know we've got so many guys at the club now and for them to be able to come into such a supportive environment um incredible and that none of that existed when when Shane Edwards arrived at the club so yeah he's he's a big part of that story. It, in, it, he has grown so much as a player. The club has grown so much because of him. It's it's been mm. so. It, again, it, it's hard. We're talking about him like he's retiring. Yeah, in past tense. Yeah, I know. Which I, I guess we probably give, given how he's it, unless it comes out at the end of the year that um, there's something something's been wrong. But it's sort of his form this year is fairly consistent with the end of last year. It, I know. He, so it's it, not... it, it, it does feel like the, the last season. And and that he's been, um, you know, spending time with the recruiting staff and, you know, was looking at film of draftees uh, last year and offering offering opinions. So I think I think he's probably thinking about that transition I mean, for, as well, which, for, is, which is great. If from all reports, he's... Uh, a wonderful person, and he he certainly comes across that way in public. Um, but it, it must be so frustrating for someone like them to be looking at a draft prospect and say, "Well, why couldn't he hand pass to the guy right behind him? Couldn't he see him?" Like I, I you know, I to, to have to yeah. ass- assess human beings that uh, don't have his uh, field vision. Um, yeah, like it, 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 like someone who who is so special in the way he sees the football field, yeah, it must be must be frustrating for for me to 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 look at mere mortals who who can only hand pass the people that they can see. Um, yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, so yes, the North Melbourne game. <sighs> so it's like we're well, taking turn. Fremantle even. Fremantle game. Yes, that was was, uh, quite an apt Freudian sleep. It's like we're taking turns in losing in a way that is most triggering to one of us. And that game was actually more triggering for me because we only won by slightly over a goal on the advanced expected shots metric. So less triggering for you. This one more triggering for me because it involved um, uh, Steve Morris-like use of... um, a player who might be good in another position, but as as in a very specific forward role, and the the rucks was there was a lot going in the rucks. So Nick, just let me get this off my chest. Ivan Solda has not turned into the player that my upside hope was mm. was reaching for. You might remember once we did a hot take show where we deliberately had over the top takes. Yeah, and I I said you know the very best case scenario for Soldo is that he. Like he could be a borderline all Australian one day. I don't think he played a senior game by this stage, so it was like ridiculously <laughs> over the top. Yeah, that was pretty crazy. Yeah, but it, it was the the there was something. The thing I liked about him it was he was a big, strong body, and he could jump powerfully in the centre square, and he could tap. And the first quarter. When he was getting over the top of Darcy and really monstering him, in the who's, who's really good? Yes, and he was monstering. And we were five to one in centre clearances in 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 
the the first quarter, and that's that's the sod I want. Now he, he's never going to be as good round the. I was hoping for uh, improvement around the ground, which uh, is clearly not going to come. You can see at this age that he's probably always going to be just at best adequate around the ground, and he's you know he's probably below yeah. average. He, he had a he had a couple of nice marks that I thought of you uh, yeah. when he, when he, took them. he did. He, and look, he's fine, but look, I'm just saying he's he, he's never going to be an elite player because of, of um, you know he, he hasn't quite picked up some of those skills that you, you, you could you can hope someone does when they haven't played a senior game yet. Um, you know, someone hasn't played a senior game is all upside. But that that first quarter soldo in the center square rack. That's the soldo that I, I've dreamed about all those years, all these years. So I, that was super exciting for me. And then weird stuff happened, and we overplayed him, and then we didn't ruck Nank in in the first half, and Nank looked at all at sea at the forward line. As I understand it, um, we were sort of, uh, and we did it with Gibbs, Gibkus the week before as well. But we're definitely we're trying to create a forward forward line contest um, f- for the mm. long ball. So that's why we kept playing these fish out of water talls, but. Whatever we're trying with Nank, it, it and I don't know because we didn't rank him, but we're actually second ranking Bolter, which was really weird. We were we were protecting Nank's knee. Did we think? I, sorry, I, I I actually thought that was uh, um that they liked um Bolter's athleticism uh, in the middle. Um, the, why play Nank anyway? Um, well, because we we needed we needed another tool, and we are we are desperately short on. Is it, um, uh, marking marking targets in our forward line. I just think if 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 you're that desperate, you're playing someone who's that out of out of position, which he is. Um, like he was great in the knee but he's playing against Plummer as a forward. Nank was good in the knee as a forward. Oh, that was a long time ago, and he was yeah. playing against Plummers, um, uh, and and mates of ours. Um, but yeah, look, I I, I just think change the get. I can't believe it. I, I was thinking in in the second quarter, I've got. We should have played George. I can't believe that uh, that I was thinking that. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, no, I I never got that far. But, um, but going back to Nank, uh, sorry, Solo, we played him heaps. Um, and uh, mm. it, in the end, we, we then moved Nank, Nank back in, and Soldo got used to his uh, role of getting the Nank scraps at the, uh, in the rug rotations. But it, it was for a brief moment there, I could hope. But then there was the awful side of Nank and Soldo trying to hook up on a on a rebound in the fifty, <laughs> which it's a terrible <laughs> sentence. Which you know made my head, my brain bleed, and um, I was you know that this was the the, the start of the G. I wish we just played George and dealt with the losing the old contest, which we. We managed to lose anyway, um, so that that was the the, the Bucks becoming central to the game and uh, Soldo becoming crucial, and then missing a shot, which would have just you know oh. imagine, imagine the tone of this podcast if we'd won by uh, like yeah. a, a well, five like, points like, and and we've, Soldo we've had hit that shot, and another another week of of poor of poor goal kicking and and of players you know looking looking accusatory at their at their right foot as a as a as a easy shots um uh, skewed across the the goal front oh, it's been so painful um well honestly this is it, it is i couldn't express it enough that how much the last three weeks have just been a torture test. Oh, sorry, this game, I did wake up angry at 3 a.m., uh, which I haven't done since the Geelong game. So, yeah, that's it, it was in some ways that uh, across the arc of pain, uh, that was the Geelong game was the most similar. And I guess it's a game where uh, we 
we were so brave and we did so well to be in the game. Uh, just remind people, Frio have no injuries and they play at Docklands all the time. And we did, that was a very rough game. Things like, you know what Baker did when he, he, he got the injured ribs uh, coming back across for the contest. The, the pressure was great. It, it was a fantastic game and we should have won and just didn't. It, it, it's, it's a very frustrating way. So I, I see this much more like the Geelong game than the previous two weeks where we managed to um, piss away a, a win against an inferior opposition uh, because of bad goal kicking. Also, we did manage to kick for goal badly too. Jack Rewalt has just had uh, the most inaccurate two weeks of of his spectacularly uh, long uh, career. And he was, up till a couple of weeks ago, he'd kicked 30, 30 goals, 17, uh, for his career. And he's just kicked three goals, nine. Like, uh, just, just frustrating. Um, there were some positives. Um, actually, a positive, a positive I took, linking back to the the discussion about Kane Lambert and um, Shane Edwards and the culture the clubs created, the the way uh, players got around Noah Cumberland at at the end of the game, I, th- I thought um, spoke well of the club because he was clearly really distressed when he, you know he he'd busted a gut. Um, uh, to uh, throughout the throughout the game, and he played on because I think he was I think he was worried about getting the the distance from from outside fifty, um, particularly at the end of a, a fourth quarter. Um, and you know, he's sort of feeling like he's not not that he's lost the game, but that he hasn't hasn't won it. But yeah, I, I thought it both spoke well of the. Uh, spoke well of Noah Cumberland and and of the club culture in supporting him. Yeah, he spoke well afterwards. Actually, he was quite self aware of the fact that it's only one act amongst many, mm. and not, not to take it all on himself. And I will say, it wasn't as good as an opportunity as we all instinctively think, because of the man on the mark rule. The sort of what people's expectations of of how far they people can kick has gone out a few mm. few meters, but that that still gets called play on just before they kick. Yeah, so yeah, you've got to be. You've got to stay on the line. Yeah, so yeah. he would have had to stay on the mark. So doing that in the last second of the game, after a long game, and you've got Darcy in the co- in in the goal in the goal square tapping it if, if you short it all. Yeah, I, I think that was probably only a thirty five percent shot. Yeah, um, and because after the siren, if it's touched, the the ball's dead. Exactly. Uh, rather rather than during play, the the ball's allowed to continue. Yes. Um, so if if you but, really, if you really want to over analyze one bit of play and torture yourself, it's the the ball to play on. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. Which which they they the umpire somehow got right and managed to stuff up. Like he called play on after thirty seconds, but he called um, he he gave him fifteen to go and then called it ten seconds later, like. Um, so we'd given him a bit too much time to to settle, which they normally do, just for the. And he, he did take a while, but yeah, they he, he they told him he had he had fifteen seconds, and and called it um called it too soon. Um, yeah, it was pretty frustrating. Yeah, very very conspiracy. Andy thinks it's they sort of. They feel more comfortable doing these things again at Richmond than maybe they would some other clubs. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, I loved Dylan Grimes dominating Nate Fife. Um, didn't didn't happen for the whole game, but you know, just a just as a reminder of what a um, elite defender um, he's been. Uh, I really enjoyed that. Um, Except look, the bit it, where he let the mark the ball go out uh, back to Walters. Jesus. Oh. Yeah, that was annoying. Um, Look, that both both teams' defence were well on top each day. Like I, I felt, you know, that, you know, so they're, the, they're the second best defence in the in the AFL, and but which does also help to explain why it's incredibly low scoring. Yeah, uh, and, really great, and playing at Marvel as well. I think a, a smaller ground, um, probably doesn't help. Um, when when the plays really. Congested like that, there's not as much space on the on the wings. Um, yeah, yeah, and uh, both teams were were pissing away a few shots. Their their expected score mm. was slightly higher too, but ours was twelve points. Yeah, we should have scored two more goals on on an average. Yeah, so oh, it's, totally. but it's still low scoring, right? Mm. No matter how you look at it. Um, Nick Nick lost entirely tirelessly putting himself in front of. Uh, packs to, to try and mark the ball. Um, so, best on ground, according to um, the ch- champion data ratings, yes, uh, best not best on best tiger at least. Uh, Young was the best overall, and mm. is now his season's been good enough. Now he's now a top fifty-five player in the AFL, which is pretty good for sort of a, a, a back pocket. He's not in all Australia. There's sort of four or five guys ahead of yeah. him in, in, in the small back stakes of, for all Australian, including a couple who are well ahead. But he's still, he's worked his way up into into that um, elite, uh, sorry, not elite, but sort of very much in the, in the well better than average sort of top five or six small backs in the AFL, which is pretty impressive when you consider that each team has at mm. least four of them. Uh, um, the, uh, I liked Ben Miller's game as well. He got outmarked on the lead a couple of times, but you know, otherwise he did yeoman's work, I thought. Uh, aside um, from the, the huge crunching tackle, which obviously everyone loved. Oh, that was gorgeous. But, but, but yeah, his, his disposal was good too. Yeah, no, I, the... A comment I've made before, but I, I, it keeps striking me in games. Uh, perhaps it's confirmation bias, but he, for a tall back, he often gets us out of a hole. Um, he's often running to a dangerous mm. spot and doing long, dangerous kicks, which can also go badly. But there, you know, he really he tries to kick in a way that sets up the team, not so to protect his disposal efficiency stats. Um, mm. And I think that's really admirable and really helps the backline distribution to have one of your key backs doing that. I wanted to ask you a question, Nick. Like, had, I reckon, you know, Cox was one of their best players and didn't win the game for them, but, you know, he, he didn't uh, play on Nank all the time, but he, he, he did, when he played on him, he generally tailed him up. Like, if Ben Miller had been playing on, on Nank at the other end, I would have been really happy about Ben Miller. Um, obviously not on the ruck, but um, as a key back... Um, He's not. He's not bad. He's going to play AFL next year. He's he's come on such a long way. Oh yeah, no, I, I, you know, he's he's Kipkis has had a pretty good season, and yeah, but Miller's Miller's keeping him out of the team genuinely. Um, Just a, uh, at what, the moment. Well, a, and and Robbie Tarrant's playing really well as well. Yeah, no, look, Robbie Tarrant um, uh, got coaches' votes two weeks in a row, as you pointed out. Three. To me. 
three weeks in a row, is it? Sorry, yeah, as, yeah, you, as you pointed out. Sorry, I'm stealing your stat and misquoting it. Um, I know. The, uh, I've told you a stat and then... So I told you a stat and then about half an hour later, um, Sir Swamp Thing tweeted the same stat. Um, and then... Uh, oh, that, 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 was the, that was a Kane Lambert stat, yeah. Oh, that was a Kane Lambert, yeah. And But the uh, Richmond put out the... That stat about um, Robbie Tarrant as well. After I told you that, <laughs> yeah. But I mean, in fairness, I did actually say, "Give me a stat about Kane Lambert that no one else would have thought about that I can put on Twitter." <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then, weirdly, I did my own research on on the on, on the 2014 rookie draft. Um, uh, coincidence that it was Soldo related? I think not. Um, <laughs> but uh, the important Kane Lambert, uh, Ivan Soldo tie-up. Now, um, Robbie Tarrant, he is. That that moment in that that key contest um, was against Lob, wasn't it? Um, mm. in, in in the who's, who's, who's had a really good season. It is it is fascinating watching. Um, Tarrant is uh, one of those players who because he had surplus athleticism in his prime. He was a he was known as a very good athlete. Um, he, he sort of he was in mark of year con, uh, competition, and he's one of those great athletes who because they've got a bit of surplus athleticism. Like, a lot of that's gone now. He, he seems to rarely get more than an inch off the ground left. But he's got... Because he had some to lose, once he lost it, um, he's still okay athletically. Like, he can... He's all right in a foot race against a sort of averagely speeded AFL key forward. And he's just smart. Like, the, the intelligence mm. and the way he uses his big, strong frame to just put a player off when, well, he's, he's, when he's punching. He's, he's smart and extremely strong. <laughs> exactly. So, and that's the sort of... He's replaced some of his spring with smarts and, and old man strength. And he's a really interesting player to watch. Um, and I'm, I'm sort of enjoying it because I can't remember... Like, like I said, he... he, he he barely can jump, but he's he's replaced it with other things to make him a, a functional AFL key back, which is it's a pretty every every position on the AFL is pretty brutal on old men, but um, key back is is definitely not the least of them. And yeah, I'm 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 really enjoying watching him play, and I'm enjoying the 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 human sporting drama of this of this person having a really interesting last act to their career. Mm. And frankly, he deserves to play finals because of the career he's had. So uh, yeah. I hope we can pull it out. Totally. Um, look, I don't think there's there's too much else. But um, two look, uh, Shea Bolton was uh, had a had a nearly game. It, it it felt like and was still clearly our best our best player on AFL player ratings. Other um, multiple goal kicker on the ground. Yeah. Uh, the Liam, Liam Baker being insanely brave, um, not for the first time, but you know that that he puts himself in harm's way um, with much bigger players and and never takes a backward step um, is pretty incredible. Um, yeah, and Dan Dan Rioli's defensive work, like having having said that he needed to work on it a couple of months ago, yeah, he's he's really got better at that. Yeah, K, K Mac um, agreed. K Mac was very um, having been his the champion data ratings loved his game off the wing, uh, and we, we sort of mentioned it last. But uh, Pickett had a sort of starring role right in the moment, maybe saved the game, um, so someone else could mm. not win it. Swansea uh, bit less footy, but kicked a 
a, a lovely goal. Which... Yeah, nice goal. Had had some good in a in a game where it was really hot um, and um, intense in the clinches. He had some. They were only flashes, but yeah, they were flashes of quality. Yeah, and I, I guess the sort of I, I was. It, you know, when you lose a game so closely, you sort of go through and all the little things that could have gone right, and yeah, slightly. Mm. There were Ralph Smith's very up and down, and had had two touches in the, in the first half, and I was slightly disappointed in Graham's game as well. Yeah, the Ralph Smith. I uh, had the uh, the note that you know the the effort the effort is there. It's on, and and he and he ran out the game, um, but. Um, yeah, sometimes he does. He does lose his man sometimes. He's not a he's not a natural defender um, with his with his instincts, which is unfortunate. Worth worth keeping, worth persevering with. I mean, yeah, there were, there's a few things. I think I think what you're saying is very true. And I think sometimes when he disappears, he's playing quite defensively. Um, there was a time when they flashed up that his direct opponent had had, had very little t- of the ball as well. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I think, well, of course, he's worth pers- persevering with because, frankly, we don't have much of a choice anyway um, if, if you sort of look at our, our young midstocks. But uh, um, I, I'm, I'm hoping... Yeah, but much- he's a... He's a he's a different type of player. Like he's he's never going to be inside. He's going to be true. But you know um, he's a he's a he's a wingman. And but, but you know we came back and Pickett aren't getting any younger. No, but they're they're yeah they're not going anywhere immediately. And he's got Sam Sam Banks nipping nipping up uh, behind him. So I think you know he's he's learning to play um, defensive roles for the first. Time in his in his life, so but yeah, I th- I think um, I, I, I like I, I, the I, dash I, out of defence. I my hope is that next year we see the payoff from from the 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 longer periods of flashes that he's had this year. Because mm. he he's still yeah. he's still disappearing like a very callow player, but um, I'm hoping that you know that that won't happen. Um, and Cumberland um, had had he managed to kick that sort of fifty-five meter bomb, he probably would have been the thing that we let, read the pod, led the podcast with. Continues to mm. look impressive. Yeah, um, I was I was struck the you know Frio Frio are a um, a good defensive team, and part of that um, is uh, they've they've got very good at holding players off the ball, and I, I was actually reminded of. Uh, American football, where um, there's you know hold, holding a wide receiver's um, uh, a defensive foul, but um, if you hold on every single play, the the umpires uh, don't want to um, call a uh, call a foul uh, every single uh, time, and, and they sort of creep up the the level of what players can get away with. And honestly, I felt that with Frio, they they they've Sort of the the next defensive innovation in a way is is just retarding uh, players in in contests just enough uh, to impair them, but not not to get called for it. Yeah, it, was, it was interesting. So Nick, a few weeks ago, if I was a Glenelg scout, um, I would have been uh, calling up uh, RCD's manager to see uh, where he wanted to play his football next year, and. That has been um, the patient lives. Uh, the AFL RCD's AFL career um, has a heartbeat because he's put in uh, two cracking games in a row. 
Absolutely. Like 32 disposals, six tackles, six clearances, um, five inside 50s. Like, he's, yeah, he's played He's played really well. Um, all the, you know, the team had a good win. Um, Thompson Dow uh, won, a, won a lot of uh, football. Even Will Martin, um, off halfback, uh, played played really well. So, yeah, that... That was really good to see the our young young mids uh, playing well. Morris Rioli Jr. Uh, was was really busy, um, both winning the ball, kicked kicked a couple of nice goals. Um, I I really wanted to talk about um, Samson Ryan. Not that you know, there's there's a risk of us talking about rucks uh, too much, but he's he eighteen disposals, eight marks, um, twenty nine hitouts. He beat. Beat Tom Downey in the ruck, who's XGWS ruckman and a very large lump of, of human being. Um, and he also uh, kicked three goals too up forward. So he was both the best key forward on the ground and the best ruck uh, on the ground in the same uh, game. It was it was pretty impressive. Yeah, look, acknowledging both that it was a complete coat work the game. Um, but as you say, he was playing against. He personally was playing against uh, an AFL level player at one stage. But yeah, the the conversation about whether it's better to play Ryan uh, ahead of um, uh, 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 sort of two thirds fit Nank, I'm 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 right. Uh, like we don't actually have to have the conversation, but geez, I'd be. I, I wonder. I wonder if he'd, he'd be playing this week if if Nank wasn't captain, because uh, that that sort of positional flexibility and maybe it's just a product of. Of having more time to play it um, at and at a decent level of footy, i.e. VFL, but um, he's looking he's looking very exciting, um, Ryan. And when he gets his next shot at AFL, he would have earned it. Yeah, I don't, I, don't, I mean that that would be uh, it's a big step, and the the Tom Lynch coming back changes, assuming he comes back, sort of changes the 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 whole the whole discussion. Well, uh, well, it goes well. back. It goes back to the question of do do you want to play two specialist rucks, which mm. we haven't. We've done almost all the time, but not all the time in, in the AFL. And mm. uh, it was interesting. We played Soldo eighty percent of game time in the first half, and I, for the first time, I think I can remember, um, I could see that Soldo was gassed because we ne- mm. he normally doesn't. Oh get- yeah, he did. He did look tired, and yeah. I, I, so I'm noticed it after the second quarter. And when he gets gassed, he gets more aggressive. He instead of jumping, he at, he started to attack Darcy. He started to try and monster him um, by just running into him hard, and they it turned into um, frankly how old men ruck, um, how I ruck, which is just a, it's a barging contest. Um, I was loving it actually, like it was, it was tactically. There's so much about last week's game I would have absolutely loved um, had we won. Um, but yeah, the the question of yeah how we fit in Ryan. But look, I think there needs to be an. I don't know. I, I suspect Ryan Nank's injury doesn't get any better if you rest a week. But if the chances done, there is bloody hell, just do it because Soldo's better as the first ruck. He's better taking the first tap in the game. Uh, look, he's a, he's a better tap ruckman. Like you, I think. You know, Nank's incomparable in how good he is dropping back into so, so into N- defence. Um, Nank's, think- N- Nank's strength is is the the endurance. He's he's good in yeah. the eleventh round as he is in the first. But Soldo's better in the first round. So a combination of Ryan and Soldo might not be like, yeah, the, it, it it's hard because it, yes, Nank is 
better getting the reps of the first ruck, but Soldo's best at the start. So that they both have the aspects of their game that make them better as a first ruck than a second ruck. But yeah, I'd love to see Ryan get a chance as a second ruck to see whether the key forward play translates to the AFL, which it may not in acknowledgement, but at least he's playing well mm. in the VFL. And that, that's the big lesson here. When yeah. you talk about the VFL, he's, he's playing really well. Yeah, look, the, um, I think we'd been hoping for maybe Tom Brown to be getting pretty close to senior football, and he he was he was decent as as was Gibkiss without without really dominating. Though Gibkiss nearly did take a a giant uh, specky, um, so you know there was that. Um, but yeah, had a had a good win. Um, um, Arts kicked a cracker from the boundary line. Yeah, that's true. Fish, fish shaking him in frustrating <laughs> frustration. Just to, just to taunt you. Um, doing a Brisbane Lions preview is is pretty easy. Um, the because it's a lot of familiar names in uh, familiar uh, roles. Um, the you know there are really that that team they had out last weekend was was a really veteran team. Um, uh, they also did the um, uh, the specialist ruck as a sub, which I, I know is a, <laughs> is a favorite topic. Um, yeah, uh, they had two hundred and four centimetre Darcy Fort, who uh, yeah is is a specialist ruck. Um, uh, that's the sub, which I thought was pretty extraordinary because. They already have a pretty good first ruck in Oscar uh, McEnany. It is amazing that, um, always a good reminder that how much your, and anything that Dimmer does and Dimmer's use of, of, of Nankon last weekend really annoyed me, but it's every, any, everything your coach does, and in, these days with Dimmer, it's all a bit tongue-in-cheek what he does and annoys you because it's hard to be too angry at a guy who's the best coach in the NFL <laughs> and won three yeah. premierships. But I know, the, whatever you're, whatever, it doesn't matter what sport, doesn't matter um, if you're really nerdy into your team, whatever your team does that annoys you, there's probably another team in the same league that's doing it even more. more. Yeah, the, except, except missing shots, where we seem to be really. Yeah, oh, that is so frustrating. Yeah. Um, the uh, uh, Peter Ryan from the from the Age tweeted about how I think I think Craig McRae has now won more games with a margin under five points than than Dumas has, um, which is. You know, one of those nonsense small sample um, stats, but you know, also what a what an incredible um, uh, charmed life Colin would have been having. Yeah, but, well, um, we are literally eighteenth uh, since it, it's basically over the last decade. Um, we have the worst close game record, and it just happens to coincide with Dimmer's um, coaching reign. So it, it's yeah. in Dimmer's case, it's a long sample, but I, I still don't like. I looked at the difference between the mm. best team and the last team as yeah, I'm, I'm yeah, still that, I'm still fundamentally of the belief it, that it's it, like, well, largely luck. Yeah, oh, and it's bounced, you know, and it's bounced around. Um, uh, you know, even in Dimmer's long career, it's still a pretty small sample, and even within years, it bounces around um, like crazy and. He won three flags. <laughs> Shoulder shrug. Um, yeah, like you can, for those who haven't seen it, but probably my, we're, we're uh, in assumed knowledge there that there's sort of, and this is the case in other sports too, but if you look at the records in close games, teams that are really good in close games one year don't get carried on to the next year. It's it, it's mm. just noise. So that that's why people are, this sort of 
stats nerds say this with such confidence. It's, it doesn't appear to be a repeatable skill as much pe- as people would like to think it. If you flip a coin and it lands on heads three yeah, times, that, 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 that you're suddenly very good at uh, flipping heads. A friend of ours talked about Essendon learning to win, and I, I don't actually think that's the case. You just learn to get better. Um, that's the. Yeah, it's <laughs> that's true. The and, that's and, the most important thing. The problem is that coaches have to coach like you can do it. Like that, mm. sort of there's a myth that there's some things that are myths in sports science, but you you need to pretend that there's a skill to it because you can't go out and tell players what. Well, well, this last five minutes, you know, just. Uh, um, go out there. It's a coincidence, boys. <laughs> yeah, but no. I mean, there are some there are some learnable skills that might marginally improve your ability, but the other team learns those skills too, so it tends to even out. Anyway, sorry, Nick. This is a long long digression. Brisbane Lions, uh, Lockie Neal, annoyingly good. Yeah, super super frustratingly. Uh, so, um, unfortunately, the um, uh, in a he's. He's going, you know, and and Brisbane Lions, you know, just generally, um, generally a good team. Like they've had three top four finishes uh, in a row, um, which I which actually surprised me a little bit until I thought about it and thought, oh, actually they have been good. They the only final they've won has been was against us in the in the non in the non Tom Lynch uh, final. Um, uh, uh, a couple of years ago, um, but yeah, it's um, they are they are a genuinely good, um, super uh, experienced uh, team. They um, they had uh, two players uh, who played less than uh, fifty games uh, on the, on the weekend, like um, uh, none. Uh, you know, no, no recent draft picks. Like it's a really uh, mature uh, team, and and sort of they 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 are who they are. They've they've, they've certainly diversified um, their uh, their attack, bringing in um, Joe Danaher compared to you know the Brisbane Finals teams um, we've we've played against. So. You know, you've got Hipwood, McStay, and Danaher all all up forward, which which makes me think we'll we'll lean pretty tall uh, at at selection. Um, but yeah, it's it's that midfield. It's a it's a it's a pretty um, Rolls Royce um, uh, uh, midfield um, that that they've got uh, running around. Um, just for um, just for a quick guessing game, who who do you think the the youngest Brisbane Lions player on the weekend was? Mm. No, I'm not even going to try. Yeah, um, the uh, Cam Rayner. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Who, you know, first overall draft pick in 2017. Mm. It, is, it is a genuinely, genuinely mature team. Um, Interesting. The yeah. average age isn't as isn't that far off ours. I guess it's because we've got a few guys right at the end. Yeah, and that um, 
we're we're where's it we're sort of blobbed blobbed at both ends. <laughs> yeah, we've got six sure guys not. we've got six guys under fifty games and they've got two. Yeah. Yeah, and and you know, clear, clearly some players at the at the start of their career. Um Daniel McStay I have I've come around a bit on when, when all the free agent talk started on, on him I was like, eh. but I've I've watched him more. He is a he's a genuinely good player. Um he's a, he's a He's a complimentary key forward, but he but he's good at it. Yeah, he he always he pops up in annoying ways and may against us. Now, as last time I checked, we were still mild underdogs. Is that still the case? Nick, sorry. The, um, yeah. So we're we're now um very mild, very mild um two and a half point favourites. Mm. So must win game basically to to make finals. We've got to, got to, got to win every one from here, and this is equal hardest game with Port away. So stressful. Um, Stressful. Possible. Possible. Season could end here. Yep. Lynch is back. Dusty in a true Richmond Tiger Talk faction. We were going to talk about Dusty this week, but we're going to have to put it off because we talked about so many other yep. things other than Dusty. But and, oh. and sadly, he's not going to be back for a few weeks. Yeah. Oh. So, yeah, I'm I'm extremely nervous. And uh, I, yeah. I think the, the way we that... finished last week, like, you just... Uh, uh, there's no chance of us ever being happy again at a football game. Is <laughs> <it's> my <laughs> no. is my carryover move? No, we are gonna um, we're gonna keep flipping the toy coin, and it's gonna keep it's gonna uh, keep landing on its side <laughs> and rolling down a drain. <laughs> yeah, look, I think I think if we can break it even, as as has always been the case with Brisbane, they are competent, if not overwhelming, at either either end of the ground um, and if we can break even with that Rolls-Royce um, midfield um, I think I think we've got a really good chance of of winning but yeah yeah it, it is funny because the clearly the betting lines don't look at all the, the rabbit's foot stuff like they clearly look at more underlying metrics which say that we've been going much better than how depressed we feel so Oh, I don't know. It'd be nice to win a game. <laughs> yeah, that's that's like a meaningful game too. Because if we if we lose this week and then like roll the rest of the table, it's still it's, it's fairly meaningless football. But at least if we win this week, we're still you know we're still we've not, still got a we've still got a chance, but it's very difficult. Yeah, we're st- yeah we'll, we'll win this week. We're relevant. The season's exciting again, and you know we go right up to the to the last week of the season. I think hopefully. Um, you know, all sorts of things. Like Essendon is now strangely competent, so all sorts of things can happen. But it'd be really nice to win a game. I'm Nick. I'm Andy. We're Richmond Tiger Talk. It starts with a vision. If we're not locked into that, might as well pack up and go home. You're talking about three flags by 2020. Fitzroy has played in more files than you guys. And after 13 straight losses, the Tigers are no longer toothless. Their first win... Come on, Hunt! Look at Jeffrey! He does! Carl 
the kicker goal from here. He does. What a start. Can he just slow? He's gone. No free kick, surely. In the final home and away game of the season, obliterating the Tigers by 113 points. First preliminary final in 16 long years, and they have done it. They've won. The Tigers are into the prelim. Tigers.